Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about something that has kind of popped up a little bit in the media and in social media and I myself have seen a little bit of it and uh, Tara has as well and she thought it would be a good topic for an episode. So we're talking about bedtime procrastination and revenge bedtime procrastination. Um, We're going to explore what it is, um, how it happens, why we do it, um, and ways to maybe overcome it if you you find yourself recognising that that you do it and you'd rather not. So most people have probably participated, maybe might be the word, in bedtime Mm. procrastination you probably just haven't thought about it in those terms. So to define it, it's basically voluntary sleep reduction. So the Sleep Foundation here in the US define it as requiring three key elements to be sleep or bedtime procrastination. The first element is the delay in going to sleep that reduces one's total sleep time. So when you know you've got to get up in the morning and you delay your your sleep time so you know that overall you're having less sleep for the night. It might be different or it, do- it doesn't count if you know that you've got tomorrow off so you go to bed later tonight knowing that you'll still get a full eight hours because you'll sleep in in the morning. So when you know you've got to get up anyway. So that's the first element. The second one is the absence of a valid reason for staying up and the restrictions around valid, <laughs> what is considered a valid reason, are pretty tight. So when you don't have a good reason or a need to stay up late, um, like an external event that's on that might stop you from getting home um, to get organised, or, you know, potentially if you've got an underlying illness, that might prevent you getting to sleep as well. So those things would be valid. Um, But most of us, when we procrastinate sleep, at the end of the day, we usually don't have what is defined as a valid reason. And the third element is an awareness that delaying our bedtime could lead to negative consequences. And this is really key because I would have said that my kids are, well, and probably now (laughs) you could call it bedtime procrastination, but like young kids, they will delay going to bed, but you can't say that they have a clear understanding of how critical sleep Mm. is for their health and their vitality and their mood. But us as adults, we know that reducing our overall sleep duration is really bad for us, but we choose to do it anyway. So those three elements, the um, delay and reducing your sleep time, the absence of a valid reason and knowing that our bedtime or reducing our sleep time is bad for us. So do you do it? I guess, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, And sometimes it's just because the couch is more comfortable than the trek to bed like it can be something as simple as that it's like uh-huh. but I'm really warm and cozy here on the couch I'll just stay um and then there's obviously there's lots of reasons why we do it but I definitely do it I will sit there going I should go to bed I really should go to bed you know I really should go to bed <laughs> and then whatever it is that I've got at hand that is distracting me from that so the couch or even my work like sitting down and doing some work I'll have, you know, finished what I have to do 
and then I will just sit there and flap, faff about on Facebook or something like that or find something else to do that's of, you know, no no urgency just because I don't want to get up and go to bed. So mm. yeah, I definitely engage in it. Even though, and, again, I know all of the things. Like I know it means that I'll have less sleep. I know it means um, that I will still have to get up at the same time in the morning. I know that I, what I'm doing is not more important than sleep, but, yeah, I do it anyway. Yeah, I think it's really common and I couldn't even mm. – it's such a new concept really that – I mean, it's it's not a new behaviour but it's a new concept in terms of being labelled as something um, mm. and, and being, being labelled as problematic. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, there's really – there's not a lot of information out there, especially there's no statistics about how many of us engage in it yet. Um, I'm sure there will be in time. But – one of the reasons or one of the the ways you might identify your bedtime procrastination is when you choose activities that offer more reward or perceived reward or enjoyment over sleep. So hmm. a lot of people might choose gaming, video gaming. Um, for me, quite often it can be watching TV. If I get stuck into something, I always think, I'll just watch one more episode. Like I know mm. I should go to sleep and I'm tired, but I'll just watch or I'll just watch 10 more minutes. <laughs> yeah. The streaming services don't help because you you don't have to actually do anything to move on to the next episode. No. If you're it just happens. Like there's no thinking about it. It's just like, you know, next episode starts in 17 seconds and you're like yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> because and you'd have to press stop <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the path of least resistance is to just let mm. it keep rolling on. And yeah. even the fact, I think for me, is that when they just jump to the next episode, they even skip the intro. Like if they made mm-hmm. me watch an extra <laughs> watch, yeah. 90 seconds of intro again, I'd be like, nah, I can't be bothered. I'll go to bed. But because I know if it just rolls to the next episode, there's yeah. no intro. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. What's, what's another five I reckon. <laughs> I reckon if the intro did play, you would. what you would do is you would still, you would still like get to the end of the last episode. You would still then let it start the next one because mm-hmm. that's the path of least resistance. But I think if you had to watch the intro, you'd get it halfway through and go, you know what, nah. And you might then do yeah. make the effort to press stop, but because there's none, it just goes straight into it. You're like, yeah, why not? And it just just and it just keeps happening. And of course, those things are a time suck. So you end up with a real time blindness when you're mm. doing these things. So you don't actually realise how late you're staying up um, as well. So yeah, it's a real a real time suck. So a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's social media, and it's that same thing. Mm. You just get sucked into a hole, or um, yeah, you know, you're scrolling, scrolling, and Again, it's like, especially if you're if you're on the couch or, you know, cup of tea in hand, whatever it is, and you think, okay, if I put my phone down and stop, I've got to get up, get my pyjamas on, or I've got to go brush my teeth, and it all just seems too hard. And when you're exhausted, mm. you think, oh, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I've Stay got momentum. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the one of the areas that isn't isn't a big thing for me, but I know some people who find this is what they procrastinate at bedtime is online shopping. Mm, And it can even be not shopping for anything they need, just looking, just browsing. Yeah, browsing, yeah. Um, Sticking things in the cart or adding them to a wish list. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. But not actually intending on buying many of them. Hmm. So the bedtime procrastination, there's there's kind of, um, well, there's a couple of options, but so it can be like we've talked about a delay in actually just going to bed 
or for me specifically, is a delay in getting ready for sleep or attempting to sleep. So quite often, if I get past the TV and I go, right, I'm watching one episode tonight and then I'm turning it off and I'll do my teeth and I'll get my pyjamas on and I'll hop into bed. So I am ready for sleep and then I read and then I read and then I read and then I'm getting tired. So quite often I will get up and go and get a drink of water so that I stay awake longer so I can read more. <laughs> and occasionally if my book is really good, I've been known to get out of bed and splash cold water on my face to wake myself up <laughs> so I can read more before I go to sleep. So I'm in, like I am, there is, all I have to do is roll over, put my book down and turn my light off and that's it. But I'll be like, no, I'm getting out of bed. I'm waking myself up because I just want to finish the chapter or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I do the same. I do the same. So I have a I have a rule about no phones in the bedroom mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty strict about that. I never – I very rarely bring my phone into the bedroom. Sometimes I will if um, Mick is away um, just in case because I can't really hear it if it does ring. I've got it on Do Not Disturb but even if it did ring, I might not wake up and hear it. So it, when he's away, I usually – um, do that just in case there's an emergency but most of the time there's no phone and but I read on my tablet so I read books on my tablet and I've been pretty good about my tablet in like no social media is um, apps are loaded on it mm-hmm. and I'm quite I've been strict about that but I do have Duolingo on it and I do have the streaming apps so occasionally I will lay in bed and watch something on my tablet which can lead to then like staying awake a little bit too long and reading though reading's usually the last thing that I do so if I think I might do a little bit of language learning I'll just do Duolingo for a while but then when I get to reading I I've gotten to the point I'm, I'm I certainly don't make myself stay up like you do but I will get to the point where it's falling on my face <laughs> like I'm dozing off and it's falling on my face and I'm still like no wake up read more so I'm not too bad though once it falls on my face or I've kept my eyes closed long enough you know when you're half doze mm-hmm. you keep your eyes closed long enough for the screen to then go into what's it called standby yeah right. so when that happens and I can see that happen through my eyelids because you can you, you register the change in the light mm-hmm. even though it's quite dark so if my eyes are closed and then I feel it go to standby I don't even open my eyes I just slide it under my pillow or I drop it off the bed you know and just yep. let myself go to sleep so I'm not I'm not too bad at that but it's it definitely it definitely can happen but yeah I do not I haven't got up and splashed my face with water <laughs> it's got to be a good book like I don't do that every <laughs> night clearly yeah. but um yeah maybe every other book there might be a chapter or two and it's not too it's not to get to the end of the book. It's just to get to the end of the chapter because, you know, yeah, I've to got finish my... finish a thought or, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got my disorder about doing things properly. <laughs> really, <laughs> I need to either be at the end of a page or at the end of a chapter and quite often ah. um, I will read a pa- I'll be like at the top when I'm really tired and I'll be at the top, you know, third of a page of my book and I think, oh, I'll just, I'll just get to the bottom of the page and stick my bookmark in. And then I get halfway down or three quarters way down and think, I have no idea what's actually happened. Like, I don't know what I'm reading anymore. I'm So, so then, you probably read, you'll reread that page again anyway the yeah. next time. And yeah. I know I've been tired when I open my book and go, okay, what was happening? Go back five pages and start. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so you can do, there's the delay in going to bed or the delay in actually getting to sleep or getting ready or to both. sleep, attempting to sleep. Yeah, or both. Um, so then there's this extra element, and this is probably um, what is more 
present in the media at the moment, which is this idea of revenge bedtime procrastination. And this is what made me want to want to talk about it because I was like, what? where does the revenge come in? What's revenge mm. about? It sounds kind of sinister. Um, so the Sleep Foundation describes revenge bedtime procrastination as the decision to sacrifice sleep for leisure time, which is purely driven by a daily schedule, which is lacking in free time. So where so you like and I might mothers, have... basically. Yeah. <laughs> you and I might have our, you know, trying to stay awake reading our books because we're really interested in the book or we want to know what happens next. But when it is driven out of the fact that you didn't get enough you time during the day and so you're kind of, you're making up for it by reducing your sleep hours to get that alone time or get that me time, that's where the revenge comes in. Mm. I've heard so much about this um, in social media, so much so much anecdotal discussion and a lot of discussion on um, like parenting pages and, and mothers groups and and a lot of on feminist pages as well because there's a lot around this. Uh, this is this is done by women more than anything, I think, mm-hmm. uh, and by mothers again more than anyone else because they are the ones that find themselves to be the most um, poor of time to themselves to do things without that are not for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like mothers just spend all their time doing things for everybody else. They're working or they're caring or they're looking after things or they're driving people around or whatever it is, they're always doing it for somebody else. Uh, and even the working is done for someone else. And even when you're an entrepreneur, you're still doing it for someone else. You're doing it to for your family, to for financial security. You know, you're still doing it all for someone else. And I think uh, that comes into it a lot is this whole sense that there is the only time you can carve out is your bedtime, you know, when everyone else is asleep. And so many women have said, uh, it's the only time I get for myself. Uh, it's the only time I can do whatever I want without anybody else dictating what I do. Um, and so there, that's sort of, I, I see it a lot with, with mothers especially. Mm. Well, um, the I think the reason they they came up with the word revenge or the way revenge is used in this is because people consciously or not see it as exacting some kind of revenge on the daytime hours where Mm. there's no free time or or no no space for personal enjoyment so um makes sense to me yeah absolutely and so for some people as well so you've got the making up for the lack of available time and like you mentioned busy job lots at home, kids. I always think carers as well quite often mm. because mm. carers, that's like they're the unsung heroes. They spend, yeah. you know, like mothers, a lot of time or, or you know, at home All parents. their time. Yeah. yeah. All um, their time is dedicated to somebody else and they don't necessarily want to choose otherwise mm. but it still means that there isn't much time for themselves. Yeah, that's it. The other kind of group of people or area that a lot of people would, would exacting this revenge bedtime procrastination is people that were overly stressed so and they're making up for the excess stress so when you've got a really complex intense job a lot of people then try to do something mind-numbing or completely Mm. absorbing to give their brain a rest and so at the end of the day when you don't have to think anymore instead of just going to sleep they want to get absorbed in something else absorbed in a great TV show or a book mm. or a video game or whatever it is to give their active 
you know, brain a bit of a rest. So that's kind of the other the other group. Mm. If you're hearing some um, noises in the background, I'm not, you know, it's not gunshots. It's uh, <laughs> 4th of July. So there's, there's ah, fireworks there's going fireworks. on outside. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I've just got birds, of course, as usual. All the birds. <laughs> there's always birds. <laughs> always birds. So I guess the question to ask is why do we do it? So we've kind of indicated that we we want to do it to reclaim some of that time. But if you ask most adults who are sleep deprived, they also want to get adequate sleep. And mm. most people intend to. You don't set out to deprive yourself of sleep. The problem is your behaviour in that moment doesn't match your intention. And when I had a bit of a yeah. look into why there's a gap there, one of the reasons that was suggested is that people quite often have a lack of self-control or self-regulation at the end of the day because we've been making decisions all day, um, dealing with everyone's rubbish, you've got decision fatigue, and so holding yourself to account at the end of the day is just too hard. People just give up and think, nah, whatever. Um, mm. it's, it's the same reason that a lot of people that are on diets overeat in, in the evening because they've used up all their willpower during the day. And, yeah. and give Did up. you know that um, this was a research done, research done in America, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in America, uh, doctors are more likely to give prescriptions at the end of the day when they're tired <gasps> than they are in the morning. So, so if you don't want to have an argument with your doctor about whether or not you can get a prescription, go really late in the day <laughs> when they're tired and they'll just give it to you. But that, that's actual, oh, that's not a joke, that's actual research has said that, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that's crazy, um, isn't it? So we do, we get decision fatigue and we're just like, you know what, I'm just going to take the path of least resistance um, yeah. because I'm tired and so that's what happens in the evening with us and sleep procrastination as well. Yeah, the other uh, possibility that was discussed about why we might do it is that people that have a disposition towards being in a night owl might use sleep procrastination as a way to fight back against the early bird expectations of society. So, you know, mm. everyone always praises the early bird and if you want to get more out of your day, get up early and go to the gym first or do this. And um, there's very little praise for a slow start in the morning. It seems like everything, be every change, right. every habit change you need to make, you need to make it before 7 a.m. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so true, though. Like, I've never really noticed. I mean, I've noticed the the whole get up early and to be productive kind of of talk, but I've never really. When you said there's no praise for sleeping in, I'm like, absolutely, there's nothing. No one ever says sleep in, um, unless they're talking to mothers on the weekend. They then they tell them to sleep in, but that no one else ever says, you know, yes, go stay up till four and then sleep till lunchtime. Mm. You, you'll you do great, and I think. I think maybe there is partly that that fighting back against that expectation, but also there's just going with your natural sleep rhythms as well. Because, like mm. you said, if you're a night owl, if you're not an early bird, and there are people out there that will go, anyone can be an early bird, and I kind of just want to slap them. But <laughs> it, it could be true. It could be true. But there are also just some people just have certain rhythms that just work differently to others, mm-hmm. and so you you will find that even even if it is sleep procrastination or if it's revenge procrastination, sometimes when you are a night owl, you will get into a certain flow at 11 p.m., midnight, 1 a.m. 
and things just come out and you do things and you're quite productive, you know, mm-hmm. in doing it. And that's just part of that natural rhythm as well. So I think if anyone's a night owl, then they are definitely more likely to have this kind of thing because it's it's easier for them. They don't nod off. They're actually, their brain sort of starts to come a bit awake around those times. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when I tried to do some research into who's most likely, you had it spot on. Um, mothers and students are pretty much the two groups that were identified as most likely to engage in it. So mm. the revenge one, yeah, yeah, the revenge procrastination, sleep yeah, procrastination. Mm. So if any of you that are listening are thinking, "Oh, I can't classify mine as that because I don't know that a lack of sleep is bad for me." I'm going to run you through a quick few things just to remind you why you should be getting adequate sleep and then you can't use that as your excuse anymore. Um, So if you don't get enough sleep and depending who you ask, adequate sleep varies, you know, between six and eight hours um, per person per age, more if you're working out vigorously, um, less if you have an opportunity to rest during the day, even if it's not active sleep. Um, but when you don't sleep as much as you should, it affects your thinking, your memory, decision-making ability, and like we said, that that already can get pretty weak by the end of the day. Um, the regulation of your emotions is pretty significant too. Mm. And... Even more seriously, I mean, yes, it affects your mood, but it can affect your mental health, including anxiety and depression. So if you've um, got a tendency towards, um, you know, some mental ill health, you know, reducing your your sleep on a regular basis is really not going to be helpful for that. Hmm. Um, And the last one is your physical health. So immune function restoration and repair of body tissue. So there's there's all the reasons and there's probably a bunch more why you need adequate sleep. And this is the anyone with insomnia will tell you how desperately they would like to sleep. And so again if you're sleep procrastinating just ask yourself if if you were not getting if you were getting that amount of sleep but not on purpose. Like how would you feel about it? Like how would you feel if that that sleep was taken from you without you wanting Mm. it to be does that make sense yeah um because i know uh someone someone that i know has has suffered a great like really bad insomnia and to the point where she couldn't work like she just she wasn't she was barely functioning you know and she just said it was it was so bad that she she couldn't she couldn't work and that's you know and obviously then there's people with narcolepsy who also can't sleep so um it does you know if you ask someone with narcolepsy or insomnia how important sleep is they will absolutely tell you exactly Mm. what you just said tara that list is really long in um what sleep does for you and by voluntarily denying yourself that uh, maybe it's not the best course of action Mm. and the problem is when we procrastinate sleep it's usually not a one-off it becomes a habit Mm. Mm. and i know i went through a stage probably two years ago where my standard bedtime kind of move from between 10 and 10.30 to between 11.30 and midnight every night. And mm. I was still getting up at the same time, but it was just like I was going to bed later for a variety of reasons and then I felt like I can cope with that. I can totally cope with seven hours sleep. That's fine. But over time um, mm. it was wearing me down. You know, 
physically my um, health was not as great and I was just a snappy jerk to be around. <laughs> like, And I could, I could see it happening, but it was like I think probably six months I maintained that I could totally go to bed at midnight every night and be fine. I'm fine. I can, I can survive on six hours sleep. And then I was like, I might just try going to bed early and see what I'm like tomorrow. Oh, I'm a much better person. <laughs> Maybe mm. we should get And it that sneaks up. up on you, doesn't it? Like yeah. you do. For a few nights or a couple of weeks, you do think that you're okay. You know, it's, it's, it has an a, accumulative effect more than anything, especially if it's only a small reduction. I mean, if you only had two hours sleep, you would definitely notice that, that the next day. But if you had just chipped away at it and, like you said, had five or six hours, that's enough maybe to get you through each day but it has that cumulative, that cumulative effect where it um, builds up over time, that sleep deficit builds up over time, and, and that sleep, sleep debt never gets paid off. And so, yeah, you end up suffering um, health-wise and mood-wise and relationships-wise over yeah. time. And if you're a parent, I think it's pretty easy to recognise in your kids, especially young kids, that when they go to bed late, they still out of bed being at six o'clock or whatever even if they didn't go to bed till you know 11 at night and and they're fine in the morning when they wake up and they've got energy and then you know they hit the wall and by three in the afternoon they are painful and you go okay look you know kids need their sleep but hey so do adults and so if you can't recognize it in yourself I'm sure you can recognize it in your kids Mm-hmm. yeah so a way to recognise it then, because this is, like we say with a lot of things, recognising that you're uh, participating in the behaviour is half the battle. So if you are fatigued, just notice it and ask yourself if you're really getting to bed as early as possible. Um, once all the things are done that have to be done, what are you actually staying awake for and is it necessary? Yeah. And there's a... There is a quote by somebody about this and I've forgotten who it's by, but it basically just says, go to bed. Whatever it is that you're staying up for isn't worth it. Mm. And yep. I think that's the case in a lot, a lot of the time. Yeah. And the majority of the things that you were staying up to do will still be there tomorrow, you know, whether it's... That's why you want to do them. <laughs> so they're not there tomorrow. But no, you're right. It's not going to make a difference whether you do them that night or not. Yeah, that's mm. right. Because if it was critical it would be higher up your list usually you know it would be on your mm. have to list and then as soon as it is done you would go to bed but another episode of netflix or another chapter of your book or you know just checking out the sale at this you know online store or more arguments on social media <laughs> yeah i'll like, just there's someone wrong on the there's another meme that says you know there's a guy sitting on the computer and then someone calls out from the other room, come to bed, and he's like, no, someone's wrong on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, so yeah, if you're just sitting up arguing with people. There will be people who listen to this who say, but what I'm doing is important. I am. I'm making lunches for the next day. I'm folding washing. I'm doing all this stuff. That's not bedtime procrastination. That's trying to finish your day. Um, yeah. It doesn't meet the criteria above the uh, above 
the criteria that we talked about earlier of no good reason to stay up. You know, if you're doing things that you you have to do because, you know, no one's going to have clean clothes the next day or no one's going to have lunch the next day or something like that, or your electricity is going to get cut off if you don't pay the bills, those kinds of things don't count. You know, you if you have to do them, you have to do them. That's not sleep procrastination. That's just um, you – that's just a time management thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, there will be people who say, but I'm doing important things. Yeah, you are. That's probably not sleep procrastination then or revenge sleep procrastination. Absolutely. So one of the ways you can avoid it is by setting a, a good sleep routine. So, and again, like if you've got kids, you can relate this to your kids, create a pattern of behavior that follows a certain rhythm and it becomes almost automatic. And a lot of people that have kids that have, um, troubles getting to sleep or you know fight bedtime will create that same rhythm for their kids so it's really structured and routine and one thing leads to the next and it's like you're telling your body and your brain that it's bedtime so you can Mm -hmm. do that for yourself Um, and and maybe even go to the point of including some approximate timing so if you know that 10 is your ideal bedtime or 11 is your ideal bedtime or whatever it might be Try and try and aim for that most nights. Um, mm. Mm. Um, I've. Oh, oh, I was going to say I've set. I I've never had a going to bed routine before, and I I've been in the last eighteen months or so on a bit of a a routine habit ritual kind of bender where I've tried to build new routines, and I've talked about it um, before on, on the podcast. But I actually realised last night that one of my that my routine was fairly well established because Mick said we were sitting on the couch and he said, what time are you going to bed or what time were you are you going to go to bed soon or whatever? And I said, yeah. And I didn't say anything else. I don't remember what time it was. And then another 10 minutes later, he said, can you just, can you like make your cup of tea or something? <laughs> and so I realised then that, you know, my ritual is embedded quite well and that actually now that we're running this and the family knows what it is. So mm-hmm. it's, I, I, I had that realisation that I was like, oh, I have a ritual now because it's got to the point where everyone can predict what I'm going to do and everyone knows what leads to what. Yeah, I'm very similar. I have a um, a cup of sleepy tea before bed, but it's become so ingrained now that, you know, we had people over last weekend and they didn't leave till midnight and then we tidied up and we were exhausted and my husband's like, oh, bedtime? I'm like, no, i got to have my cup of tea. So there I am at like <laughs> 10 to 1 boiling the kettle because I'm like, I can't. It's, can't I don't think I'll be able to sleep. Yeah. I'll be lying in bed thinking about that I haven't had my cup of tea. <laughs> so there I am, like 10 to 1, sitting with my cup of tea and a book downstairs because I'm like, I've got to. But I feel like for me, flicking the kettle on for that cup of tea is like the punch out, you know, in the old cartoons yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And people used to punch in to work punch and punch the out cards. on the yeah. clock. And I'm like, when that kettle is on, that's my punch out. If the kids come to me then and go, oh, I've got a note that needs to be signed for school, I'll be like, put it on the fridge it's not happening until tomorrow like i am off the clock tools down yeah. it is tea there's the only things that stand between me and bed now is my book and maybe yep. a netflix show but um yeah so it's it's i think those bedtime rituals are really key and yeah, um they do help yeah yeah and absolutely. i just yeah and i think having consistent waking and going to bedtimes i think that's the, the next step i need to work on because yeah that is really essential part of a healthy sleep routine is just the same time all the time yep 
including the weekends, I guess, if you can manage it um, more often mm. or not, just to keep your, you know, circadian rhythm consistent. And apologies to any uh, shift workers because you guys do it tough. <laughs> yeah. I could no, not, no, right. Yeah. Could not do that. Um, you did shift work, didn't you, early on in your career? Ooh. Did you ever do shift work? <sighs> There's a whole story oh, I there. I thought you did. I kind <laughs> of did a bit. Okay. I, cho- oh. I chose uh, my workplace when I had a choice um, mm. based on the fact that we didn't do a full night shift. <laughs> we were the oh. only station that um, finished at 1 a.m. So oh, I, that's okay. the whole, the sole reason I chose to work at that station when I got out of the academy was because you didn't, didn't have to work all night. Shift. <laughs> Smart. Um, but another another thing to help you avoid it is to keep the stimulants out of your afternoon and your evening. So reduce alcohol where you can, reduce caffeine. So maybe stop drinking your coffees at midday if you can, or early afternoon. Same with coke or any kind of other caffeinated beverages um Mm. because if you've already got those in your system and you're not feeling sleepy it's going to be a whole lot easier to procrastinate bedtime um, when you don't even have that physical pull towards bed because you feel tired Um, Mm. and sugar like sugar does it too like sugar can sort of you know give you a bit of a false burst of energy um which will cause you to procrastinate um as well and then you end up overtired and then i don't know if you've I mean, those with kids will know that being overtired doesn't mean you fall over and fall asleep. It means you go the opposite mm. <laughs> and you end up like wired. And the last thing you want to be is wired um, when when you get to a, a healthy time to go to sleep and you can't because you're wired. So that's a bad idea too. I think the other thing, if you find that it's not just uh, bedtime procrastination but you're definitely engaging in the revenge part of that scenario, um, try and create some space in mm. your day to fulfill those kind of me time needs that you feel like you're, you're missing out on. And that's really easy to say and a lot harder to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, but one thing I found for me, which has really changed this year with my nighttime reading behavior, is I've started listening to audiobooks because I feel like I'm getting some good book time in even though, and I never listen to them in bed. I listen to them, excuse me, I listen to them driving in the car. I listen to them when I'm exercising. I'll listen to them when I'm cleaning the house. So I can go to bed and I'm exhausted and it's not like, oh, I haven't read much of my book. Mm. I haven't read much of my actual paper book, but I've listened to my audio book for half an hour. So I've still got some good book time in today. Yeah, And so I feel like I can go to sleep. Yeah. yeah, you feel like you haven't been ripped off, you know, for the day. And that's, I think, what you feel. I think a lot of people do that revenge sleep procrastination because they feel ripped off. They've had mm. no time during the day to do anything that they choose to do. So I think if you can somehow, and again, like you said, so much easier said than done, yeah. somehow find a way to make to, to get something in your day so that at the end of it you don't feel ripped off basically, yeah. um, then then that will help a lot with the, the sleep procrastination and the revenge sleep cr- procrastination. Um, but I also think sometimes just maybe setting some boundaries. So allow yourself some revenge procrastination, but then have a limit um, as to how much you have. So 
Instead of saying, staying up until you feel completely satisfied, maybe stay up until you're half satisfied that you've had some time to yourself mm-hmm. um, and then give yourself the gift of sleep as well so you can sort of have both gifts um, instead of just one. Yeah, and I think for me, mine is to the end of my teacup. So I will watch a show. Like I don't need to watch a show before I go to bed, but I need to drink my tea and I don't I don't drink it in bed. So I will make my cup of tea and for as long as my tea lasts, that's what I watch. And then when my yep. tea's gone, then I go to bed. So I'm still, but there's a boundary there. It's like, okay, my tea's gone. I don't need to be watching anything more. I don't need to be downstairs. Because mm. you're up to, yeah, because the reason you're up is to drink the tea, not for any other reason. Yeah. Um, And so I still feel it's like a nice little slice of me time, house is quiet, all of that. But, um, yeah, there's a clear limit. So maybe it's just about that or or trading it in for time on the weekend. If there's people around on the weekend that can um, assist you with whatever is consuming you during the week, um, then make yourself a deal. If you can get to bed at a reasonable time Monday to Friday, that on Saturday you'll you'll do something for two hours, it's just you. Or, yeah. you know, if someone else can watch the kids or if someone else can care for that person or, you know, you allow yourself a, a couple of hours of video gaming if mm. you get seven hours of sleep a night, Monday to mm. Friday, you know. Make, yeah, make some deals idea. with yourself maybe. Yeah. And I do like the – I've only just started read, listening to audiobooks as well and um, I finished one and – went straight on to the next one because I really yeah, enjoyed that and I felt like my reading itch was scratched even if I, you know, didn't get time before bed. You know, mm. if I lay down and my book falls on my face within seconds, you know, I don't force myself to stay awake because, yeah, I've had that that little reading itch scratched and it's not such a big deal if I, you know, fall asleep mm. <laughs> after just one page of my, <laughs> yeah. of my actual book, yeah. Yeah, that's it. We would love for you to come and join us in our Facebook community and tell us if you engage in this and what it is that you do when you're um, procrastinating sleep. And and we'd love to hear too if you've done anything to overcome it or what rituals or habits you've, you've developed if you've got a really good bedtime. Uh, that could be really helpful for all of us. So please come and join us there and we'll be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.au.